Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. checks one, Mike checks one. Okay, me and Pat are back. I'm the wind, he's the pipes. Hello. He's here, I'm here. We have a lot to get to today. Um, this was probably one of the most fucking jam-packed episodes I've ever experienced. A lot life. of action. I felt like I've been watching three hours of the OC right now. It was just packed into the one. I don't even know if we should just, I mean, I almost feel like we could we could go directly to the end of this episode and spend 47 minutes just on the final scene, but let's just, we won't do that. Yeah, that's a cliffhanger. <laughs> but let's hit a couple things. So, this this was the Oliver episode. Uh, the Oliver episode. The the is in capital letters. I think this is the third one in the trilogy of Oliver? Or, or are there more? There was like four or five episodes before this with Oliver, but this is the one where it was, it all, it's all been like building to this. And in, in any other year, in any other TV show, this would have been the finale of the entire season. <laughs> and like, it would have just ended. Cause right now, what is this? Was this episode like 13 or so? Yeah. So you would have just ended, like if it was now 2018 on Netflix, it would have just ended here on Oliver being like this big blowout with him having a gun and all this stuff and then like Ryan saves the day and then the episode would have ended the season would have ended but in 2003 this is like not even the midway point yeah. we're not even at the midway <laughs> yeah. point of this of this first season it's yet. pretty much just par for the course so to get everyone caught up Oliver's just been a huge douche he's he's been like literally so he's been writing love letters to Marissa, putting them in her like in her uh, locker, and he's just been trying to get with Marissa so hard. Ryan, who's been dating Marissa, obviously has been uncomfortable with this. Hey, this dude in therapy is trying to like get with you, and he's a clear psychopath. He's been kicked out of a bunch of schools. He's like four years older than us. Fuck this, and no one's listening to him. And so Ryan beat the shit out of him in a previous episode because, you know, I would too. And then he got suspended. So he also got caught uh, going through, I think, didn't he sneak into Harbor and go through some of the files to find out about his past? Yeah. he's he's he, Ryan's in big trouble. He's in, but I can't blame him because it's like, I've never seen this. So I've never seen a group of friends some new guy comes into the picture in a group of friends and it starts trying to hook up with one of your friend's girlfriends and then everyone in the group of friends is like hey man, hey Ryan why don't you calm down bud like I'd just be like wouldn't all the friends just be, be like hey fuck you man fuck this guy no one's saying that they're just leaving Ryan on an island Some friends. it's upsetting has. it's <laughs> it so upsetting. upsetting to me he should be, I feel like he should be way more personally offended than he comes off as. I mean, Ryan is like on an island and, and so anyways, that gets everyone caught up. 
Ryan is basically taking the fall here. And I'm not even going to do an MCITW this week because it's like this entire episode is Marissa sucking ass. Okay. Like, there's hey, no moment. I'm comfortable with that. So this entire episode is brought to you by Wicklow Wear. Yeah. <laughs> Explore. Absolutely. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklow Wear. Um, we, we're going to have to do this entire episode is going to be brought by, uh, by Wicklow Wear because... It's and I'm gonna actually I'm gonna make it an MCITW of the week and an SCITW of the week because Seth Cohen needs to be woven into this. Not a good episode for Seth. Hands down, his worst episode of the entire season. I, I mean, usually Seth is like awesome and doing the right thing, being funny. This episode, he's just as shitty as Marissa. Pretty much. Fucking sucking always. So, I just want to say. Marissa has to know Oliver is in love with her. Any girl knows that, right? Any girl knows that in that situation? I would think so. She's, uh... And they just I, like the attention? It's impossible to tell if she's actually, uh, like, playing playing dumb with the whole situation or if she's really clueless as to what's going on. So it's it's a stupider liar thing. Yes. Either, either, <laughs> Perfectly put. Either you're stupid as fuck, Marissa, and you don't understand... That this guy clearly is in love with you and he is a psychopath, or you know it and you're just a horrible human being and you're lying. You're just a liar. And I just want to fucking murder you. So, yeah, she's missing total things like uh, what we find out towards the end of this episode is that um, Oliver is basically making up, well, completely making up the fact that he has a long-distance girlfriend, and that's kind of the main reason that him and Marissa are just friends, Where does because she live? he's got this girlfriend. She lives in Niagara Falls, of so course. We were, we were discussing in the episode, does she live, like, in the falls, under the falls of Niagara? She lives in a cave back behind the falls, um, and I think that's why she doesn't have cell phone reception back there, so Marissa's never talked to her, or even, there's no real evidence of her existence. Can I just say, I don't, I am convinced there are no human beings that live in Niagara Falls, in the city around it, or wherever, because, like, all growing up, I've, if, if anyone ever said someone lived in Niagara Falls, it was usually referring to a fake girlfriend that everyone knew didn't exist. And it would be like some, some dude in your crew being like, Oh, dude, I'm dating this super hot chick. She doesn't live around here. She's out of town. She lives like Niagara Falls. Yeah, and, she, no, no, she, uh, no, she goes to St. Jude. You wouldn't know her. <laughs> yeah, she goes to St. Jude. It's ten minutes away. You literally, you wouldn't know her. It's St. Jude. So, yeah, so what were you, you were going through? So they were just like... Yeah, oh, well, yeah, so that. she's just missing all these obvious creep signals, and apparently all of her friends are as well, besides Ryan, of course, and besides kind of the hero of this whole season, Luke. He's searching. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, as we, everyone listening well knows, he's Marissa's ex-boyfriend from way back in the day. He turned from a villain into a cool guy, when secretly he was a cool guy the whole time. So this, the, the one of the things I wrote down about Luke this episode is, Luke, I'm pretty sure Luke is the only real guy in this fucked out friend crew. <laughs> because, like, yeah. he started out as the villain, and then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, Luke may be the only real fucking guy. Like, when they're sitting at lunch, now Marissa is just like, she's betrayed, she is literally, she's dropped all of her friends, all of her friends, and she's only hanging out with Oliver, who she's known for maybe three and a half total weeks. And she's dropped all of her lifelong friends. She's now eating lunch every single day with this guy. 
And this guy's like, it's like a sleep, uh, sleeping with the enemy type of thing with that Julia Roberts movie, mm-hmm. where she doesn't like put the towels all perfectly lined up, yeah. and then she has to. Fit. That's like what Oliver has essentially become: is the guy in Sleeping with an Enemy. He's become a psychopath. Like anytime she gets a call on her flip phone, um, he's like, "Hey, who's that? Is that Ryan? Is that Ryan? Don't answer that. Don't answer that." She's not creeped out by any of that. Not at all. Like, there's all this weird controlling behavior that starts to happen. She's oblivious. Um, I actually wrote down that Oliver is a wedge machine. He cannot help it. It, it, He first wedged out the boyfriend. Now he's wedging out the group of friends. Yeah. And he's wedging out her mom, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wedging everyone out. And and then then at one point, I love, again, Luke being the only normal guy here. It, uh, she gets a call and it's from uh, Ryan and so so then um, Oliver's like oh she's not talking to Ryan right now and then he had also said she's not talking to her mom right now and then Luke's like is she talking to me right now yeah, Oliver once again, bud, the can old, you let me know only normal guy <laughs> that's the only normal response to that kind of a comment and then Marissa Marissa's just like oh no no he tell, he actually tells me uh, who to talk to. And so, what's the thing? That's fine. And We've been friends for three weeks, so that's what we do. Marissa, again, I think she is just stupid instead of liar because she's yeah. she's choosing to be oblivious. When Luke does that, then she just gets up. She just acts like she didn't hear it. She gets up and she goes, okay, I need to go get some dessert. Like, <laughs> like okay, like, yeah. you're just going to get up. So, and You can't blame her. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think just Marissa's not the brightest bulb. Dude. She has to be like a D student. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see Marissa's report card. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> if she's not picking up on the fact that Oliver is a complete psycho, she is not getting good math grades. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not convinced she's all there mentally. She Honestly, keeps, we we may maybe we she's just pretty. maybe we just should. She's tall. She's tall and pretty. She does have you know. But maybe we should. There's just... positive things about her. She has a pool house. She's really attractive. Yeah, that's it. Yes, and her dad is fucking fake rich. Yeah, <clears throat> but I mean, maybe we should just spend an entire episode trying to really break down if Marissa is mentally handicapped. Yeah, because I think that's. I'd say not only at. is that politically correct. <laughs> That sounds like a great podcast episode. <laughs> we just we just like hone through, like we hone in on every on on like one or two scenes where we go. I think this is the proof officially that Marissa Cooper, she does have a disability. It, she it's it's full on disability mode. She's so not fit for society. So let's let's play this scenario through. Okay, um, my phone starts ringing. Oh, it's my mom. And then you say, oh, it's your mom? Don't pick that up. And then I say, uh, fuck yourself. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. I'm just going to pick up this car right now. Yeah, it's my that's, mom. That's a normal reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So let, let me just, another thing I wrote down here, just, I, I wrote a, I have a lot of notes. Honestly, we were talking about this. This may need, this is either going to be a really long one or it's going to be a two-parter, but I just have no confidence. I'm looking at the time. Yeah, so if we do, if we go long on this, just you know, bear listen, with us. Bear with us. Maybe listen for thirty minutes. 
when you eventually get bored, <laughs> take a pause and save it, <laughs> save it for the next day. Yeah. So another. We don't thing, want to tell you how to live your life. We're not Oliver, but I mean that might be something you want to do. This one's gonna be jam packed with Oliver stuff, but I do just want to quickly say, while all this stuff's going on, and we'll get back to it. Ryan now is he's in a mode of where they they want you to still know that he's from the wrong side of the tracks, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he still wears his leather wrist guard. Yep. Because that's never going to fucking leave his wrist, apparently. Unfortunately. But now what they're doing is, is they throw a really nice watch on his other wrist. Mm-hmm. So it's like he is, he's he's got one foot in and one foot out. The wrong He's got oh, one okay. foot in the yeah. wrong tracks and he's got one foot in the right tracks. That's some more really great Mize on Scene by Josh Schwartz. A little juxtaposition with the wrist wear yeah so it's Good like all by you i mean josh swartz is just subliminally and subtly just owning all the viewers yep. and it's like so when you're watching this you you're doing that math in your head underneath mm-hmm. in just the brain weaving a tapestry for all the viewers just un, you know underneath what's actually happening on the surface and just subliminally implanting all that information so, in your head. It's amazing. When 13-year-old us sees this show, we're not doing the math. We're not registering his wrist wear. I mean, now at 30, we are. Yeah. But at, all we can at, help but notice. It's all. We're not noticing it, but in our brain, subliminally, we're, we're just like, oh, yeah. Now I can continue to remember, because Josh Schwartz is like doing it to me, mm-hmm. about bad tracks, good tracks. Good this guy, he's good, bad, yeah. we don't know. Oh, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, that's that's what's happening with his wrist wear. Speaking of Ryan, uh, you touched on this before, but he's kind of in big trouble this whole episode because, like we've been talking about, he's the only one trying to call out Oliver, and he's getting kind of getting owned by Oliver <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the in the gameplay aspect of it. So he gets caught doing some shady stuff and gets suspended from school. So he's basically grounded and in prison in the pool house this whole episode. Yeah, and he's bad at it. So you made the comment during uh, about what would you make? He sucks at. He sucks at being grounded. Yeah, he sucks at being grounded. Sitting around not doing anything. Um, so he's not being said. Wait, you wouldn't be uh, doing sit-ups with jeans and a long sleeve shirt on in your room? So he's he's just (laughs) sitting there and he's never in sweats. And I again, I don't think Ryan owns a pair of shorts. It's it's L.A. It's all. It's never, ever, ever under seventy-two degrees in LA, and it's never over seventy-four degrees, and there's also never one percent humidity. So it's like that's prime time, just lounging in shorts, yeah, mesh, basketball shorts, or just gym, you know, sweatpants, you know, joggers. I, well, I guess yeah, it was two thousand three, so no joggers. But it just doesn't make sense that he's in full black yeah. denim. And his six and a half inch high heel boots, as he's just laying on a bed all the time. He's probably constantly chafing in the LA heat. Probably. He probably has probably. jars and jars. Maybe what he's doing is he's just producing duck butter and saving it in jars around his room. I could see that. So maybe that's a theory. We'll, so uh, there's like a whole Ryan Atwood like saving duck butter. Yeah. <laughs> just for the just for the listeners who don't who who are. Uh, who are not aware what duck butter is? It's just basically dude sweat in the pants. Yeah, and uh, Ryan apparently, according to Pat, is saving it. <laughs> <laughs> that's one theory. All right, so um, I just want to. I by the way, interesting little thing that uh, I just did some research on and saw this random tidbit. 
Cohen's last name, you know what it was supposed to be? No. Needleman. Really? Yeah. That doesn't... I hate that. That's what was originally written for this show, is that it was like Seth and Sandy Needleman. No, don't like that at all. Yeah, it's so weird. That was so weird. That was close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, know. I, that. I know. I just thought of that. Um, anyway, so so back to the back to uh, I, just to continue talking about fashion. Oliver I in love this episode. To. Go on. <laughs> Oliver in this episode is wearing no less than seventeen collared shirts at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got a headache trying to keep track of how many collars were on. Again, the like I'm just it's so unclear to me. Are you in LA or are you in like no like deep Nebraska in February? Because with the amount of layers that all these human beings are wearing, I don't know how they're not just sweating profusely at all times. He's got like Beats 17 me. collared shirts on when they show him at school one day. For with real. A let, blazer. Me go, let me go through it. Let me paint the picture. He's wearing a, um, a yellow polo shirt, just like a little golf, shirt, golf yeah. shirt polo. Over top of that, he has an Oxford button down. He's got an undershirt like a, under that, by the way. Oh, it's really? an undershirt t shirt. Okay. So one layer. So that's one layer. Then the yellow we're at golf two shirt. with the polo. Yeah. Uh, and then we're at three with like a regular button down long yeah. sleeve shirt, like uh, like that kind of thing. So we're at three layers. Yeah. On top of yeah. that, he has a, like a, a wool blazer. Yeah. A fourth layer. And they live in California. Yeah. Marissa's mm. also wearing a blazer. A lot of blazer wear. Yeah, uh, for for sixteen year olds in not California. Only, not only is that just bad for the climate, but it's a a ridiculous looking thing to be wearing. Another another thing I had about so I'm is it about gonna, fashion? Yeah, I'm just gonna get all, all right, my fashion let's ones do it. in now. At what age do what age is it where there's no mode for your shirt to be except tucked in? Because I noticed it when, in this episode, when... Uh, I think after your 47th birthday. 47? Yeah. That's that's the line? Uh-huh. Because I, I've talked about this on a previous pod. I've, I don't think I've ever seen my dad with his shirt untucked. <laughs> I actually don't think I've ever seen it. So, I, it, it'd be weird. To, I, it, now I'm just like thinking like how wild it would be to see my dad like just come you down one day. sneak up behind him and just untuck, untuck it. <laughs> <laughs> just to see... Yeah. what it's like but so I've never seen my dad but so the the another villain in this show Caleb Nickel as as the OC's mode Josh Schwartz's mode at this time in 2003 was to burn through like 500 storylines in one season mm-hmm. they also mm-hmm. hit a storyline here that is barely touched on which is Kirsten has to break up with uh, Caleb's girlfriend Julie <laughs> for him and I just noticed that when he came in like his shirt was tucked in so in tightly and intensely into his jean pants and I just I've never been a fan of, of shirts being tucked into jeans I just I don't like it no matter what some dudes do it with it's a nice like hey you're going out so you have a button down but tucked into like nice jeans and then nice shoes I hate that look um, it's not good uh, you were telling me actually they're not a sponsor yet but you just bought an untuck it shirt oh yeah I did yeah I did do that I, I don't I mean it's alright it wasn't worth the like $80 it was worth like that <laughs> that was not and I've yet to wear it once alright Be, but that's just cause I don't I go more casual with t-shirts and, well, so when you do wear that shirt let me know so I can I yeah, can see how well I'll it let you know but 
it, it's just I'll never I don't tuck my shirt in much and I don't I'll never tuck anything into jeans so if I'm wearing jeans there's nothing being tucked in but I you're being kind of silent so I feel I'm, like you I'm do I'm trying tuck to think I, I, I don't I don't think I do much tucking at all I think maybe if I was really feeling myself I would go jeans white t-shirt tucked in you know James Dean style that's the only way it would look cool with like cuffed pants I don't know if I'd go and that high far. high top Chuck tees. I don't know if I'd go that I just didn't want to rule it out. But yeah, likewise, I, I only tuck my shirt in if I'm going to work or if I'm teeing off on the first but hole you wouldn't. But you, hole three, I untuck that But shit. you wouldn't do it with jeans. No. It's khakis. No. So, yeah, it's always khakis. Well, the only reason I hesitated on the jeans is because of that James Dean look. It's probably a he's cool... He's a pretty cool guy. He's a cool guy. He's a pretty cool guy. So... Anyways, I just, yeah, so we don't tuck our shirts into jeans, and also... I figured you guys might want to know that. We're, we're both pretty certain that age of 30, of, no, what is it, 47, 47 is the age where uh, apparently you just can't untuck your shirt from that point on the rest of your life. So, should we just get back to Oliver? Yeah. I... I actually... <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll, I'll wait on that for a second. So I, I, the thing about Oliver, and I noticed this when they're sit, we're talking about that lunch where Luke is like, "Hey, is she talking to me now?" <laughs> yeah. Too. Um, Oliver's wedge tactic to you, like you said, wedge every single human being out of Marissa's life. He's got this fucking lame ass game move of anytime he suggests something, he'll be like, "Hey, we could just go to L.A. for the day. Come on, Marissa, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, Marissa." <laughs> Like, come on, let's hop in the car and we'll go. Let's blow everyone else off. It's you and me. They'll just, like, let's go to L.A. And then she'll be like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can just, like, pick up, not go to school, and then drive to L.A. with you. His mode is always, look, <laughs> if you don't want to go with me, you can just say it. Yeah. It's, it's fine. horrible. It's this weird... It's weak neg- sauce. It's like weird nagging guilt. Feel bad for me. And I have no idea how that's appealing to be around at all. That's what I'm saying. Marissa's stupid or liar because there's no way that you're into that. She just loves the attention, obviously, but she has to know even if that he's a psychopath. Even if Natalie did exist and he wasn't lying about anything and he was actually like a decent human being... It would be annoying as shit to hang around. Who? Oliver. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Just as a friend? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah you just like, I'm dude, not like, even buying not it on fun. the base level that he's, like, a cool friend to have. He's just strange. So, um, uh, before, I'm just going to save, honestly, we should just save, we'll go to a part two for all of the... Uh, By the way, is uh, Oliver in anything else? Because he... Oh, I'm, yeah, he is. Really? What is he in? He... Because I like him as an actor. He was in that show... Um, yeah, I was actually saying... So, So I, anyway, real quick. I think he was in that show... I, God, I can't remember if it was Vampire Diaries or... Was there another teen show that like Hank was trying to get us into or was that Vampire Diaries? It was Vampire Diaries. I think I I, be, I can't remember if it was Vampire Diaries or not. Um, I'm gonna actually look it up right now. But I just, as I'm looking that up, I just cannot believe that he didn't win like an Emmy for 
this. Yeah, he crushed <laughs> Because, it. like... He was his, great. I remember somebody once telling me that you can really tell if somebody's a good actor if they're playing a bad guy and you really hate them. Like, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. Oh, yeah. Does a great job acting that role because you hate him so, so much. And in this, you just hate Oliver so much. So knowing nothing about acting, I just know that that guy crushes it. Yeah, I don't. I so I only remember him from one other teen drama, but I don't remember him from uh, like doing any acting as he got older. I'm gonna look it up right now. Such a good villain, by the way. In um, the episodes leading up to and in this one, he outplays Ryan at every step. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's not hard though because Ben Buttons Mackenzie is a fucking terrible actor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm no, no. I'm talking about just in the villainry. Of the of the game, like I'm trying to wedge you out, I'm trying to win your girl over, like the rivalry between the two. He is just outpacing. So him. his name is Taylor Hanley. He okay. actually looks like a pretty hot guy right now. Let me see. Hotter than James Dean. That looks like a pretty hot guy to me. Yeah, he's aged well. Oh, it says he was in Dawson's Creek for three episodes. That's not what I was thinking of. Alright, so, anyway, so yeah, Oliver, really good job in this episode. Um, I just want to say one quick thing, and then we're just gonna, we're gonna cut this off and then take it to a part two, but, because I just, I need to spend way more time on that, the last scene. The last scene of this is, like, the, it, it's probably one of the best scenes, even watching it now for, like, the 17th time in my life, you're so locked in when they're, when they're at that that hotel room very tense the uh, slow build god to that exact moment is just so good so the only other thing i want to say before we get uh we get back into that is so there's this moment when seth um so seth again they're burning through so many storylines seth is doing this whole thing where he's now dating anna and it's like clear that Summer still likes him and as the audience you're just kind of waiting for that shoe to drop you're like they're definitely yeah. going to hook it back yeah. up even if Seth doesn't know yet the audience you know. knows that she's the one and so he just keeps having as they're burning through all these Oliver storylines and Sandy storylines and uh, Caleb storylines Summer's or uh, Seth also has storylines he's burning through and it's that he's like he's dating Anna while also like leading summer along and it's clear he's still indoor he keeps having her come over and hang out with him and Anna it's weird it's so weird because you would never do that your girlfriend would just be like dude why do you keep inviting this other girl to hang out with us you know like you'd just be like that's fucked up I'm gonna do that but, yeah he's just putting her in the weird place cause she's trying to play it cool like you don't wanna start freaking out and acting jealous because as we found out on the other side of things with Ryan, that that never works. So she's he's just being terrible. All right, real quick, I'll get back Bad to Seth. I'll get back Jesus. to Seth for a second. But like, why does no one believe Ryan? <laughs> it's just like I I've never had that happen where you are hell bent on something and everyone in your family and in your group of friends just believes this complete outsider. It's just insane to me, and, and essentially he's been ostracized from this society and from this family. Bad Seth episode again, but Bad anyway. Seth should have sorry, his back I, on this, but harder than anyone. I, yeah, I just can't. Ryan came in and had Seth's back from the get-go, 
and Seth, calls him out on it too. And yeah. So, anyways, the one thing I want to say about Seth is that he goes up to his dad. Because his dad's seeing how he's like keeps in. By the way, Sandy is in this episode. Him and Luke are the only ones on the reservation. On the reservation. Everyone else off. Off. Anna. Completely off. Anna's always on the reservation. She's great. Yeah. Uh, Ryan. He's off. Well. Well. He's just like now. He's helping. He's gone crazy. He's gone crazy. (laughs) But they made him go crazy. So, anyways, Luke's on the reservation. Hard. So Sandy. Sandy's looking at this and he's going. He pulls Seth aside and he's like, Seth, what the fuck? Like, you just keep having these girls over. Anna's your girlfriend and you're sitting here like clearly flirting with Summer in front of her. Get a clue, Get a clue. And then this, I've always wished that something like this happened like when I'm getting scolded by my dad when I was growing up. And it never, ever did because it, it would never happen in real life. But Seth makes this line of like, because Sandy's like really starting to give it to him. He's like getting chewed out. You don't do this. You don't. You don't do this. And then, and then uh, Seth's like, "Hey, Dad, do you think this is about me and what I'm doing, or do you think this is a little bit about you and what's going on with Ryan?" <laughs> <laughs> Sandy is just flat-footed at it, this point. He's just. What, and then Sandy just goes, all right, son. Like, he right. just kind of, like, pats him on the back, like, you got me. You got me. I am kind of taking a little of my frustration out with Ryan out on you, son. Good point, Seth. You're not totally douching out with these girls. Yeah. I'm not totally You're in the no longer calling in you out on it. Go ahead. You fuck right off. It's me. It's me. I'm the one. That would never happen. We were We were giving a bunch of hypotheticals as we were sitting here, and we were like, you <laughs> know, your dad comes in, he's like, Hey, Brian, you didn't cut the grass today? And then I go up to my dad and I'd be like, Hey dad, why don't you take a why don't you take a seat, Dad? <laughs> what do you think here? Do you think this is about me not cutting the grass? Or do you think this is a little bit about you? Do you think what's going on, Dad? What's going on in your life? Maybe you forgot to pay the Duke energy bill last week? And you're still a little frustrated about that, tanking it out on me on the grass because it's what you can control. Things not going well at work, Dad. (laughs) Hey, I'll I'll get to the grass eventually. You are right there. But, I mean, let's just tone it down a little bit. Let's talk about you. My dad would just start physically abusing me. (laughs) Absolutely. It would be like he just, he would, he would take the back of both hands and just start smacking the shit out of At the of very me. least, double down on the fury that he already had. It's like, yeah, double like when down. you get in getting in trouble or getting scolded, that's that's the one thing. But if you then double down on that, or I mean, if you if you talk back or take so like even in any scenario with authority, say you get pulled over for a speeding ticket, you're like kind of yeah. in trouble because <laughs> yeah. you're not supposed to be speeding, and the officer comes up and he's staring to you and kind of not yells at you, but scolds you for speeding yeah. and then you take your ticket and you drive away if you turn to the officer and you're like sir listen <laughs> sir 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 are you aware that I'm trying to get somewhere right now uh, and you're you're stopping me from doing that now I'm gonna be late do you think he's gonna apologize <laughs> or sir, do you think do you you're think, gonna get beat with a nightstick sir do you <laughs> <laughs> and just, do you think this is about me and my speeding problem, sir, and going 20 miles over the speed limit? Or, and hear me out, do you think this is a little bit about you? 
Yeah, and the nightstick comes out and he just starts beating the shit out of you. This is about you, bitch! And he just starts beating you without mercy. Like, so, yeah, it's... You can't... It's, it's, it's just a weird, weird scene. You cannot come over the top of authority and just... No, because this is all you have as a parent. All you have as a parent, I feel like, is that you are always right no matter what. Yeah. And so, your kid's an idiot, he doesn't know anything... And, and it was just it's one of those tropes that you always saw on TV that just it never really played out in real life and I always wanted it to but whenever I like gave any little dose of this it, you just see how it backfires so hard um, yeah that's the way to turn a a 15 minute argument into a three day fight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and again that's how you just get that's how you get grounded hard and you join Ryan and you you just join Ryan in the I suck at grounding front but okay let's uh we gotta get into the good stuff and we're gonna carry this over to a, a part two so hang on and we'll switch over you got anywhere to be or let's just do it we're gonna just go to a part two so we can keep it like 30 minute increments okay little peek behind the scenes there (laughs) (laughs) alright we're going to part two to check out more Vicarious Living episodes follow us on SoundCloud at Vicarious Living you'll know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.